Amen. Let's go, go to the Lord in prayer with me, shall we, as we go to, the, go to the Word of God? Heavenly Father, we do worship you today, and we thank you today for what you do and for everything you've done in our lives. And Father, we just pray for blessings upon, upon the mothers and the grandmothers and everyone here, Father. We just thank you for them and their faithfulness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I've got a I've got a, a funny story here that's very fitting for, for Mother's Day, <clears throat> and I don't know, it's probably happened to somebody here in this church, I don't know. I wish I knew who to call out on this, but I don't. But uh, a wife went with her husband to the doctor's office to, to get a checkup, and after seeing the doctor, the doctor said to the, to the wife, he said, I need to talk to you alone in private, and the and the the wife agreed, and so they, so they went alone, and the doctor told her, he said, your husband is in bad shape, and unless you start fixing him homemade meals for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner, he don't have very long to live. If you don't start treating him like a king and waiting on him hand and foot, he don't have very long to live. And of course, the wife just nodded her head and didn't say nothing. But then on the way home, the, the husband asked, he said, honey, what did the doctor tell you? And the wife said, honey, I'm sorry, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> you don't have very long to live. So now... All right, some of you got it, some of you didn't. Ori liked it, I'll just tell you, Ori liked it. Didn't you, Ori? That's right. He, yesterday, I, I, I mentioned uh, to my family yesterday, I had, a, I had a joke for today, and oh, as soon as I said that, Ori had to hear it. Chris said, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. Ori said, oh, I want to hear it, I want to hear it, I want to hear it. So he finally wore me down, and I had to tell him the joke, and it gained his approval, so... So uh, there it is. All right. This morning, we are glad you're here this morning. The, the fruit of faithfulness. The fruit of faithfulness. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And as most of you know, and especially you learn this as you get older, there, you know, there's very few things in life we can control. You know, we can't control how tall we are. We can't control how short we are. We can't control the city we're born in, the country we're born in. We can't control our accent most of the time. And we sure can't control our weight, can we? I mean, we, we try. We try and we might control it for a little while, but we don't, maybe not control it for very long. But there's so many things in this life that we cannot control. But you know, I think, or I think that the Lord is shown me over years uh, the most important things in life we can control. One of the things I know is the most important thing in life, no matter where you live or what you go through, the most important thing that you can control is your attitude. And it don't matter, and I assure you that every, every coach of a sports team, every school teacher that's here, and probably every mother that's here and dad that's here, they would agree with that. If we can control our attitude, we can control our destiny in life. 
But there's another thing that we control. We can control whether we're faithful or not. We decide that. Whether we're going to be faithful to God or whether we're going to be faithful to our family, faithful, you know, to our children, we control that. That is a decision that's made inside. It's not a decision that's made outside. You know, I was, as I was looking and studying, you know, and preparing for this message, I found a surprising definition of faithfulness. And this surprised me. An obligation that restricts action. Faithfulness is an obligation that restricts action. Let me kind of, it took me a while to kind of chew on that for a while, but let me, let me kind of explain it to you just for a moment. You know, if you're not faithful to anything and you're not loyal to anything, you can do anything you want. I mean, anything. You don't have to listen to your, your husband. You don't have to listen to God. You don't have to, you don't have to obey nobody. But if you want to live a life that produces fruit of faithfulness, it's restricted. Our actions, our desires, our, our, uh, our, what we see in the future, our destination, our, our future is limited or guided by our decisions. Does that make sense? So being faithful is not easy. And most of you know that. But let me tell you, being faithful is very rewarding. Make no mistake about it that God sees your faithfulness. Mamas, I'm telling you today, God sees your prayers. He sees your, he sees your heart when it cries out for a loved one. He sees your heart when you, when you cry out for your marriage or for your grandchildren or your children or your mother and your father, God sees that. And let me, let me assure you that if you will stay faithful, it will bear fruit. You know, we see the importance, we see the importance that God placed upon the woman from Genesis all the way to the resurrection of Christ. We see the importance of that. The important roles that God has placed on a woman. In Genesis 2, we see that God, in his very beginning, his plan for mankind was to not be alone, but we needed a helpmate, someone to come alongside to make us complete. And gentlemen, we need to remember that. We're not complete without them. That's not Pastor Rob's words, that's God's words. We need them. Not just one day a year or anniversary day or their birthday, but we need them 365 days a year. You know, I'll tell you something I've noticed around my house. I don't know if you've noticed around your house or not. Now, see, if, if I get sick and taken out of commission, you know, it's, it's inconvenient and it affects a few people. But we can still survive. 
But if my wife goes down, hey, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of ripples going out there, I'll tell you what. And I'm, I'm, it probably affects me more than, any, more than anybody. But it affects our entire family. We need them. But we've seen in Genesis 2, the plan that God had for the woman to affect not only the family but the world. Then later in Genesis 17, we see the faithfulness of Sarah. We see her faithfulness. And the, the fruit of her faithfulness was named Isaac. God blessed her for her faithfulness. He blessed her for standing true. All through the scriptures, we see the, the plan of God, how it involved woman and how it's so tied so closely to his mission in the family and upon this earth. We see God's great redemption plan all the way from the, from the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, where, where Mary carried him for nine months, the, the Savior of the world was carried and ushered into this world that, that we live by a woman. Think of all the different ways that, that the Savior of the world could have come that would have been a whole lot more dramatic. Think about a, a lightning bolt coming from heaven and suddenly appears the Savior of the world with lights and music. Just think of all the different ways that God could have got the world's attention. By the coming of the Savior, but no, he chose, he chose a woman. And then after Jesus lived his life and, and was sacrificed on the cross and went through all of his sufferings and pain for your sins and for mine, on that resurrection Sunday, it was two women that God entrusted to carry the gospel message he trusted them to, to go, to take it and looking in the tomb and seeing that Jesus wasn't there anymore. He trusted two women. You know why? <laughs> because the men, they wouldn't build, they'd get the story all turned around and they'd forget all the facts. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, don't tell, I don't tell me a lot of details. I can't handle a lot of details. <laughs> and I think the staff is starting to learn that also. Bare minimums, folks. That's all I want to know, bare minimums. But we can see that. We can see, the, we can see that God uses women, although the man is the head of the household. But I'll tell you what. The man cannot be the head of a household the way he should if we don't treat our women the way we should. It's true. We, we, it's true. Esther 4.14, if you've got your Bibles, Esther's 4.14. We see a great example of fruit of faithfulness in the book of Esther. Now, I'm going to ad-lib this. A powerful, uh, powerful book of the Bible, powerful story of the Bible about this lady named Esther. And if I was to put it in my words, I would say that Esther was born on the wrong side of the tracks. She was not born into, into the, the kingdom that she would end up. She was an orphan for one thing, and she was a Jew for another. Both of those were strikes against her. But through the 
events and the actions of, of different ones, Esther went from being an orphan and a child born on the wrong side of the tracks to the wrong family, to the wrong nationality, to being the queen of the, over the entire nation. Now, the problem was that Esther was a Jew. And, and through a series of events, uh, this Haman guy, he hated the Jews. He wanted to kill them all. He wanted to murder every single Jew there was. But Esther, she was a Jew, but nobody knew it. She never told them who she was. So, so, uh, so Mordecai, he comes to her, which was one of her, his, her relatives. He comes to her and he tells her, if you go to the king and tell him to save the Jews and to change this creed that was put out to murder all of them, if you will go to him and talk to him and convince him to save the Jewish nation. And it sounds simple, but there was a problem that anyone, there was a law of that day that anyone that came into the presence of the king without being summoned would be put to death. So Esther had a decision to make. Do I enter in into the presence of the king not knowing if he will kill me? not knowing if he will accept me for the saving and asking of the Jewish nation? For my kinsmen, do I put my life on the line? Do I, do I put myself out there at risk of dying for my people? The question that she had to answer, will I be faithful to my God and will I be faithful to my family? That's the question that she had to ask herself. Will I stand up and put myself in jeopardy? Will I stand up and put myself in harm's way for the faithfulness of God and faithfulness of my family? And Esther 4.14, let me read this to you. And this is Mordecai, he comes to her and he tells her this, and this is a, a loud message to the mamas here today. Let me, let me read this to you, 414. And it says, if you remain silent at this time. And he goes on to say, if you remain silent at this time, all the Jewish nation will be killed. And I tell you today, mamas, don't be remain silent. You, you, lift your, you lift your children's names in prayer. You lift your husband's names in prayer, your grandchildren. You cry out to them. You lift them up to God. Don't you dare be silent. Amen. You might think that you're getting beat up and you feel downtrodden. Oh, no. The, the end of the book is already written and you will win. Don't give up. Sometimes you might have to shout a little bit. Sometimes you might have to turn the music up a little bit. Sometimes you might even have to do a little dance. But one way or another, don't be silent. Cry out your names to God. Amen. It goes on to say, it says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and the deliverance will arise for the Jews another place. And you and your father's house will perish. In other words, 
Mamas, if you don't cry out, and if you don't lift up, nobody else is going to. You've got you've to lift them up. You've got to stand in the gap. You've got you've to holler out and call and pray when nobody else will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now notice this. It says, and who knows? Now, before I read, read the end of this, and for, you can see it there. But remember, Esther started out as an orphan. She started out being born on the wrong side of the tracks. But now, she is queen over the entire nation. So, notice, notice this. And who knows whether you have obtained royalty for such a time as this. In other words, Mordecai, he's saying, who knows? The reason that God has poured his blessings out upon you, the reason God has given you all these kinsmen, and I'll speak to you women and women right here right now, the reason God has given you all these children and the reason God has given you all these grandchildren is for such a time as this. Because God knew that your children was going to need somebody to cry their name out. Your children was going to need somebody to intercede for them and to keep them on track and to tell them no. Tell them to put that down. Tell them to change the channel. Say, give me your phone and unplug that internet at 10 o'clock. God knew that your children was going to need somebody like that. And that's where you're at. You are here. God has placed you where you are for such a time as this. And let me tell you, if you will look at the ways of the world and the things of the world, you know that your children need you today more than they've ever needed you in their life. You just look at the school situations going on around the United States of America. You just look at the draws and the, read the news a little bit and just look at all the temptations that's trying to pull them away. They need you. They need you to cry their name in prayer. They need you to, to draw that line in the sand like I read earlier. They need you to, to live a life of faithfulness so that they can be your fruit of your faithfulness. They need that. They need that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Esther enjoyed the fruit of her faithfulness. And just like God used Esther's faithfulness to save the nation of Israel, God will use your faithfulness to save your household. We have a video this morning. Fruits of faithfulness. Okay, Justine, how long did you come to church, go to church without Carlin? I started going to church in um, 1988, and so he was saved in 99, so 11 years. Wow. Wow. So did you pray for him during that time, or uh, bug him to come? Uh, how did you get him to come to church? Well, I did. Um, I had people at church you know, they, they would come with me and we'd go back to prayer meetings and we'd pray for him and everything. And, but I would still go home and I would try to get him to come to church with me and I would 
say things. I kind of, I guess, sort of manipulated things, and I'd have the kids ask him and different things like that. But do you think that worked? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I bet not. No, no. So was there some sort of event that happened that made him decide to start coming to church with you? Well, he got saved. Well, that's I mean, a big event. He, he was one of those that he didn't usually even come for Easter or Christmas or anything like that. I mean, he, he didn't go to church because um, his life was just where he didn't feel like he could go to church, I yeah. guess. And, yeah. But whenever he got saved, He's been there every time the doors have been opened. So So he had a radical salvation. He did. That's great. Yes. How long have you guys been coming to Orchardville Church? We've been coming here for 15 years. Wow. Wow, and that's great. So he's, it's a great story. It is. And yeah. but I mean, I think whenever I finally decided to stop trying to get him to come to church, I think that's when I allowed God to actually start working. I think if he would have came to church any sooner, um, then he did, I could have had the credit for it because I would have thought I had something to do with it. But, oh, yeah. But since I finally, um, you know, just gave up on trying to get him on my own, that's whenever God started talking to Carlin's heart, and that's when he became a Christian. So That's a wonderful story. Yes, it is. Okay, Mabel, so you come to, your church, to, to church by yourself, right? Right. Your husband doesn't come with you? No, he doesn't come with me. Yeah, so, but last week, what happened at church? My son and his wife got saved. That's pretty big news, right? Yes, it was. And that's made an impact on your family as well. Yes. So, uh, so do you currently still pray for your husband to come to church? And do you yes. nag him, or what? how's that all go? Well, I don't really nag him. I've kind of backed off, you know, a little bit, because I've asked him several times. He's not a person that gets out and goes places. He's kind of... A homebody so it's kind of hard to get him to go anywhere right right has he had any uh, life experiences or any big events that's made him more aware of God yes five years ago he had a cancerous tumor in his pancreas mm. and then he had uh, a blood clot go through his heart into his lung mm. and then he had a bleed out wow so he's had some really big experiences I'd say. So that's made him uh, talk about God more or Jesus more? Or? He's into watching more gospel music and stuff on TV and on his iPad. He watches McCamey's and he watches the Gaithers and that's great. different ones like that. So he's open. Yes, he watches this every day. Oh, that's really great. And so you've got some more people you're praying for, right? Yes, I have two more sons that I would like to see them and their families into church and say. So now you know it's just a matter of time, correct? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's a great testimony. So, and you, so you came to church with him how many years alone? Without him, I'm sorry. Uh, at least 25. Wow. That's really something. Okay, Darla. I mean, how long have you came to church when you were uh, coming to church by yourself? How long did you go to church without JR? Oh, uh, probably when uh, Jessica was a couple years old. Mm -hmm. uh, that was back in the 90s. Um, he got to where, you know, he was either tired or he had to work. And uh, so I just took the girls by myself or I would go by myself. How'd that make you feel, going by yourself? I didn't like it. No, most <laughs> gals don't. So did you have to bug him or nag him to go when he finally did start going to church with you? Uh, yeah, you, you know, you'd ask him, do you want to go? Well, no. He'd just kind of shrug and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How many years did you go without him? Oh, probably five, 
probably less than 10 years. Wow, that's a long time to yeah. get your kids ready by yourself and get them to church. What made him finally decide to start coming to church with you? Well, I got to praying, wanting to find a church. I had heard about Orchardville. And so about six months to a year of nagging him and praying, well, he finally agreed to come. And so after we started coming for a few months, then I was still kind of in that backslid stage. And he got to where, you know, he'd say, are you going to church? I'd say, well, no, I don't feel like it. Well, I'm going. Go oh. by himself. Wow. Shocked. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> because it just, I don't know, when you walk in here, it just changes you. Oh, that's great. How long have you guys been coming here about? Oh, probably since about 2011, wow. 2012, somewhere there. And I see you guys volunteer. I saw you help at the funeral dinner, and I see him wearing a badge for security or, or ushering or something. Yeah. So uh, that's really great, and we're glad yeah. to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Karen, so the first three years you and Ed were first married, your first three years, you guys went to church together because you said you would never marry him if he wouldn't have went to church with you. So then how long were you, he, was he out of church after that? Hmm, probably a long time. I don't know exactly how many years, but a long time. 37 years probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how'd you get him back in church? Did you pray for him? Did you bug him? Well, he came back when we began this church, the basement, the original basement. And he was in church maybe for a couple years then. Yeah. And then he quit coming. And about maybe eight years ago, our granddaughter, Taylor, she, I have to give her the credit. And she'd come over at the house and she'd say, now Grandpa, and she'd be real stern. She said, now Grandpa, you really need to be coming to church with us. Aww. And probably after, I don't really know, maybe 10 or 12 times of that kind of talk, he just started coming to church and he rededicated his life and he reads the Bible and comes to church with me all the time. So it really wasn't any big life event, it's just a grandchild. And I've heard the effects of a grandchild on grandparents, that that's the best there is. So yep. that's what I hear all the time. So uh, how long have you been coming to Orchardville Church? Since before the very first scoop of dirt. Oh my, so... 34 years. <laughs> wow, that is quite a testimony. You've prayed for a lot of people, haven't you? I've seen you walk around and pray for things and pray at the pews and you've prayed when they had pews and now you've prayed over the chairs and that's really a great testimony, Karen. I know you've put your heart and soul in this place. Plus you clean it. <laughs> Keep it real nice. Well, I have a helper. Yep. Well, maybe I help her now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks so much, Karen. Thank you. Yeah. The fruit of our faithfulness. Esther 4.14. Have you not obtained this place for such a time as this? I encourage you mothers, don't ever give up. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't, don't give up on anything around you. Don't give up on the atmosphere in the home that you so desire. It can be yours. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today and we praise you today, Father. And we're just so thankful, Father, for the blessings that uh, all the mothers and all the ladies are here at the church that they've, they've become over the years. And 
thank you for their faithfulness. And Father, I thank you, Father, for the, a spiritual truth that's in your word that's, that declares that faithfulness bears fruit. And we thank you, Father, for the manifestation of that fruit. We thank you, Father, that the mothers and the women of this church will pray with boldness and they will stand with boldness when situations come against them and come against their family and come against their loved ones. Father, we just pray for your blessing to be upon each and every one of them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you feel like you was born on the wrong side of the track, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you didn't have a so-called loving mother. It's okay. Because God has the answers that you need. He will bring you in with His Spirit. He will train you up with His Word. And He will honor your faithfulness. One more thing, and then we'll, we'll open up the altars. I want you to know that maybe, maybe you've lived a lifetime of faithfulness. And maybe you've seen God move on your behalf and you've seen the manifestation of your faithfulness. And glory to God for that. But you know, maybe you haven't lived a life of faithfulness. Maybe you haven't lived the life that you would look back upon and say, I done everything right. Maybe you haven't lived that life. Well, I wanna tell you today that that's why Jesus died on the cross for you and for me so that we could change so that we could have a change of heart so we could have a change of direction so that our lives and our faithfulness could change and if you want to have a change in direction today I encourage you to call upon the name of Jesus ask him to come into your heart and, and ask, you, ask him to set before you a vision for your family a vision for your loved ones. Amen. Stand with us, please. If you have a need, please come. If you have a physical need, please come. If you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, please come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, praise you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.